0: CHAPTER Twenty Two OF COPPER TOP. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. COPPER TOP by Harold Gaze Tibbs and Kiddiwee to the rescue. I do wish you'd go away or or move or do something sobbed coppertop you make me feel terrifically nervous standing there and saying nothing just staring and staring and leaning on that horrid sharp sword these words were addressed to a strange-looking person who had been standing beside the japanese lantern for some time silent motionless and mysterious he was dressed in the armor of a samurai of old japan and leaned upon a long and very sharp two-handed sword his face was so stern and still that coppertop could not decide if it really were his face or only a mask and it made her feel most uncomfortable and nervous she had spoken to him several times but he took not a bit of notice which was extremely impolite to say the least whatever shall i do with the horrid old thing she cried and she wept faster than before splash splash fell the big crystal tears onto the steps of the ancient stone lantern don't splash so up there cried a small voice which sounded so very familiar that coppertop ceased weeping and drawing her little gray eyes looked down and there to her intense delight she beheld miss smiler oh you dear ducky little old person she cried however did you get here oh i just trotted along on my four legs replied the camel smiling up at her until i came to the sea and then myself and a nautilus put to sea in a beautiful ship of purple shell and the nautilus smiled in the highest glee but i felt far from well for a storm came on as storms will do and rocked our shell-ship fro and to fro and to and to and fro the way that shell-ships rock, you know. And I cried, though I'm fond of the ocean, too, with its billowy waves, so green and blue. I like it much better quite still, don't you? But the Nautilus didn't agree. She said, when it's still, as still can be, there isn't a breeze to fill my sail. Great fishes come up and stare at me till I feel my cheeks grow pale. Don't talk about pale, I cried. Oh, please i'm getting so shaky about my knees such rickety rockety boats as these should never be put out to sea for the storm grew worse as storms will do and rocked our shell-ship fro and to and to and fro the way that shell-ships do rock you know then the nautilus into a rage she flew my beautiful ship of shell cried she is far too good for a cameloo and she pushed me into the sea. "'But I reached her just the same,' beamed Miss Smiler. "'Yes, but how?' asked Coppertop, who was so interested by this story that she almost forgot the horrid samurai. "'Before I answer any more questions,' interrupted Miss Smiler, in a hushed voice, "'I'd like to know who that piece of old china is, standing there on guard like a figure on a teapot. "'Hush!' cried coppertop oh i've been terrifically worried about him i don't wonder interrupted the camel whose manners were not too good i should think he's worried about himself with such a face oh i don't mind his face so much whispered back coppertop he's a samurai of old japan and they all have faces like that poor things exclaimed the camel if we were used to their faces we should think them quite handsome exclaimed the child i expect they think we're ugly too it's all a matter of taste taste cried smiler we don't have to taste them do we it's painful enough to look at them do be quiet warned coppertop if he hears you he'll chop your head off that's what he's waiting to do with mine i expect don't you let him take such a liberty cried miss smiler once you lose your head you don't know where you are "'and it'll be extremely hard to put it on again.' "'Oh, I've had such arguments with the horrid old thing. "'I've told him all that. "'If only Tibbs and Kiddiwee were here to drive him away!' "'She added tearfully. "'They're not so very far away,' replied Miss Smiler, "'peeping round the edge of the lantern. "'In fact, here they are!' she exclaimed. "'And lo and behold, floating along over the river toward the lantern "'came the beautiful soap-bubble, with Tibbs and Kiddiwee inside. "'Oh, where, where?' cried Coppertop excitedly, for she could see nothing from her side of the lantern, and she dared not venture out because of the samurai, who looked most anxious to prove how sharp his sword was. "'I can't see without a head,' she added. "'Otherwise I believe I'd risk it.' Just then the soap bubble was seen by the samurai, who evidently wondered where it had come from and looked a trifle uneasy while he was looking it suddenly exploded and out shot tibbs and kiddiwee as soon as they were released from the bubble they grew rapidly to their usual size head or no head coppertop could resist it no longer but flew down from the old stone lantern and flung herself into their arms at this strange sight the samurai showed little surprise but he walked sternly forward and in the calmest manner without even waiting to say may i or by your leave he aimed a terrible blow at coppertop's head with his cruel two-handed sword fortunately she moved her head but the blade cut through both her wings and with a cry of dismay she saw them fall to the ground instantly tibbs and Kiddiwee threw themselves on the samurai flying round him rapidly to dazzle and confuse him they kicked and they punched him for what else could they do they pulled his long black hair they scratched him Anything to take his attention and to prevent him from again attacking Coppertop. Miss Smiler joined in also and did what she could, which wasn't very much, for she was smaller than ever now, being no larger than when she hung on the chain round the neck of her little mistress. Making a final effort, the samurai tried with one sweep of his terrible sword to cut through the bodies of the two boys, but his foot slipped on a stone which Smiler had rolled under it and he fell crashing to the ground, the sword flying out of his hand. In a flash, Tibbs seized the sword, and swinging it above his head with both hands, he rushed upon the fallen samurai. But before he could strike, the armor of the samurai was flung asunder, and revealed the craven face, the snub nose, and the trembling form of the wretched clerk of the weather. "'Mercy! Mercy!' he cried groveling on the ground at the feet of the two boys spare me and i'll worry you no more you shall be free to find your precious day unhindered perhaps it would be better not to kill him suggested coppertop you see if we did the weather would be simply too awful for words with no one to look after it all right agreed tibbs reluctantly at the words the clerk of the weather rose shakily to his feet and springing into the air disappeared behind a passing cloud i don't trust him a bit remuttered tibbs and i may never get another chance to cut a real head off he said regretfully oh you two dears cried coppertop beside herself with joy you're both positively victoria cross heroes i'm terrifically proud of you if i wasn't so upset about my poor old spoilt wings i could almost cry with happiness funny things girls Remarked Tibbs, feeling awkward at being regarded as a hero. Let's find another head. This sword's too sharp to waste. Come on, kiddiwee! And off he raced. Boys are funny, I should think, remarked Coppertop. Fancy leaving me like that when we've only just found each other. Oh, I do wish I had a baby to squeege. At this moment she glanced down, and there she beheld Smiler, smiling, too, with all her might oh i do love you i do cried the child impulsively and seizing the surprised camel in her hands she kissed her fondly as this happens miss smiler heaved a deep sigh and became just a little bronze camel once more End of chapter twenty two